0: Another five-star football visitor and some early ACC basketball talk. There's a lot of stuff to get to on today's episode of the show. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On the Louisville podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credentialed media member for Cardinal Sports. I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time to thank you, as I always do, for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen of the day. Um, And just a reminder, the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week. Your team every day. On today's episode of the show, will be broken down um, starting with football and then uh, transitioning over into basketball. We will uh, begin by discussing a surprise visitor at the 502 Barbecue. That is five-star tight end Deuce Robinson. Um, and then the uh, rest of the show will be about basketball. The um, opening opponent for the Maui Invitational over Thanksgiving break has been announced for the Louisville Cardinals. It is the Arkansas Razorbacks will give our first reaction to that news. And um, in the final segment, we will react to um, John Rothstein's um, ACC offseason breakdown that has the Cardinals ranked 15th. I'm sorry, 14th out of the 15th possible spots in his preseason um, edition. So, Let's start out with football. Deuce Robinson was a surprise addition to the 502 barbecue last weekend. Um, If you paid attention to the show uh, over the course of last week before Thursday, um, you heard a lot of talk about Leviticus Sua, uh, Stanquan Clark, and uh, most notably five-star defensive end Mateo Yuagololeh. Um, Mateo did not actually end up visiting, um, a highly ranked five-star 2024 linebacker, uh, TJ Capers did not visit either. Um, Adam Moore, uh, also a member of the 2023, uh, recruiting cycle did not, um, come to the program's, um, unofficial visit weekend either. So, um, a little bit to be bummed out about there, but a hey, stuff happens, but, right before the weekend, it was confirmed that there was going to be a surprise visitor. Now, according to people that were on message boards and things like that, obviously I don't have any subscriptions to like any premium sites or anything like that, like 24 seven sports, rivals, and those guys do great work over at their respective sites. But um, you know, people kept coming to me saying, there's talk of a of a special visitor. Uh, that hasn't been announced yet that they could be coming into town for the 502 barbecue and I was like okay um, I guess we will kind of see who that is when the name gets announced well we found out soon after that that it was five-star tight end Deuce Robinson the number one ranked tight end in the country the best pr- prospect in the state of Arizona and the 20th best prospect In the 2023 cycle, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, um, a star of Pinnacle High School in Phoenix, Arizona, 6'6", 225 pounds, mainly considered to be a a large U.S. ceiling. Staying kind of in that southwestern area of the United States has a lot of offers from all of the big-time programs, as you would uh, obviously know, Georgia, USC, Texas. Um, the list goes on, Alabama, uh, Clemson, Florida, Florida State, LSU, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon, so on and so forth. So you you, you get the drift here. Um, needless to say, Deuce Robinson is an elite prospect. Um, I, I want to uh, give you a glimpse of what, um, you know, what type of a player he is, and I, I saw a great write-up on the scouting report from Chris Singletary, the national recruiting expert for 24-7 sports, uh, back in October, compared him to Darren Waller of the Oakland Raiders. I'm sorry, of the Las Vegas Raiders. Sorry, still uh, trying to get used to that point. Um, and projected him as a day-two NFL draft pick in the future. I'm going to read to you this excerpt. Um, starts out by saying, Checking in at six foot six and uh six foot six and a half, 229 pounds, Robinson more than checks the box on the height weight profile for the tight end position with broad shoulders and a frame to add another 15 to 20 pounds. This prospect still has a good amount of growth potential in the weight and strength categories. Adding in the fact that he has over a six foot 10 inch wingspan and 10 inch hands, you have more than the prototype body. To be elite at the position. The 35-inch arms that he has gives him the advantage of a tremendous catch radius that is coupled with an impressive vertical to high point the ball in traffic and on 50-50 balls, along with having soft hands. Very soft, or I'm sorry, very smooth in his routes with the ability to drop his weight and transition in and out of breaks, flashes, his flexibility. He goes on to say his athleticism allows him to line up in the slot outside and end and in the core of the formation to be a constant threat against the defense and provide mismatches that can be exploited. Whether it's a cornerback, linebacker, or safety, covering him, Robinson's chance to win are far greater than those of his opponent. He possesses excellent speed for a player this size, along with burst off of the line of scrimmage and acceleration once the ball is in the air to track it. Uh, The hand-eye coordination that also makes him a top baseball player with the catch in the end zone. So uh, it just goes on to say that he has the potential to be a solid Solid blocker and uh, set the edge in the run game. Um, The potential is limitless with his skill set and physical capabilities. Um, A couple things to note here in this respect of recruitment. Um, I don't think I have to go out on record and say it, but I will anyways. This is going to be a very challenging recruitment to win for the University of Louisville. As we all know. Right, I mean, you start to recruit some of these higher ranked guys. Well, hey, look, you're going to have to go up against the nation's best because you're going for the nation's best prospects in the country. So um, let's get that out of the out of the way. Um, so it will be an uphill battle, uh, but huge to get him on campus for the visit uh, for an unofficial visit. Getting a prospect to come across the country to um, you know visit your program is always is always a plus. Uh, there is a couple notes. Number one um there has been apparently expressed interest that he wants to play both football and baseball at the next level which could be an extremely big key in this recruitment to focus on I'm not saying that USC and company don't have you know you know possibilities within their baseball program Louisville is one of the top baseball programs in the country one of the best teams nationally um you know year in year out so uh, assuming that you know and it seems like you know from from some things that I've gathered from gathered from the baseball side of things that, that he's a standout in that sport as well. So you would assume that uh, you know, giving the the notion that Dan McDonald would want him on the team, um, or believe he's good enough to play on the team, it, it's it's a good selling point for the University of Louisville because you know. You're you're starting to compete with the bigger schools, and you might be kind of uh, ahead of the curve in terms of the NIL game. Um, but to somewhat compensate for maybe the the geographical aspect of things, to where you can't offer the proximity to, proximity to home, or maybe even you know you can't offer like Alabama like competing for a national championship every season. One of the benefits that you can offer that other schools can't. Um, is that top baseball program, and, and a program that was where you say, hey, look, if you come here, you can obviously play right away football-wise, but hey, you're going to come in as a baseball player and probably play in at least one Super Regional at your time here at Louisville, and, and that's huge. It gives you you know, a lot of opportunities. You know, you have a, a Hall of Fame head coach in Dan McDonald, one of the nation's most um, successful programs over the past 10, 15 years or so, so that's definitely a selling point. Um, I know that Dave Lackford of, of uh, Cardinals Rivals, um, I believe he put in a future cast uh, here for Louisville um, in this respect of recruitment. And um, I believe it was somebody said that Jody Demling had said that the team was recruiting um, – deuce robinson as a wide receiver and not a tight end and i think that 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 could be something that that is also a selling point as some schools may see him as a tight end Louisville is recruiting him at as a wide receiver and that could definitely um pay dividends um you know in this respective recruitment because you know it says he's got the speed you know he's got you know the the quickness to be a, a threat outside you know in, in the way that tight ends are playing nowadays you know it's you have more of the, less of the traditional blocking style, catch the ball in certain aspects, you know, now, you know, kind of falling by the wayside in favor of more athletic guys that, you know, are more pass catchers first and then blockers second, look at Kyle Pitts, um, Darren Waller, even guys like Marshawn Ford, and Marshawn Ford is, is something that you could point at here. If you are uh, Scott Satterfield and come in and say, "Hey, look, Deuce, we have a tight end that is you know, reminiscent of your skill set. Um, you know, a guy that's maybe not necessarily has the physical abilities that Deuce has, but he is, um, you know, quicker. He he's he's too quick to guard for linebackers, but he's too big to guard for defensive backs, and and they. Um, are doing good jobs of exploiting those mismatches with him. Um, Deuce Robinson looks to be more of a wide receiver. I know that last year going into the season, scott S- Scott Satterfield and Company wanted to be able to run Marshawn Ford a little bit more out wide. So there's a lot of possibilities here. It's going to be an interesting recruitment, one that um, obviously Louisville seems like they made a good impression on um, with, with the 502 barbecue event. Um, the big thing now is probably going to be to get an official visit, you know, set up to to get him on campus and, and allow him to um, be able to come in and see the game day atmosphere and things of that nature. But, you probably couldn't have asked for any any better of a visit here if you were at the University of Louisville. A lot of, um, you know, possibilities in this offense for a player of his skill set. So uh, we will take a little bit of a step back, switch gears over into the basketball side of things, where the opponent has been determined for the Louisville Cardinals in the first round of the Maui Invitational on Thanksgiving weekend. It is. Eric Musselman's Arkansas Razorbacks. We will react to that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, moving right on along into discussing the Maui Invitational Opener, obviously, it, it is a little bit away. Um, We have a couple months to go. the The start of the season is still a couple months away, Um, but the opening game for the Louisville Cardinals has been announced on November twenty first at five o'clock Eastern Time. That's noon in Hawaii at the uh, uh, at the at the Maui um, Invitational in Hawaii. It will be the second game of the tournament. The Cardinals will square off with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, The Razorbacks are a a fantastic opponent to go up against one of the best teams in the country. They are ranked uh, inside of the top 10 of a lot of uh, preseason rankings so far. And in terms of, you know, the possible competition that they have to face, it's probably one of the best um, opportunities that they have to, to go up against a top team, you know, early on in the season. So, um, you know, it, your first reaction here is that it's going to be extremely tough. Um, even if you do get past Arkansas or even if you lose to Arkansas, you're playing one of Texas Tech or Creighton and Creighton is is a preseason top 10 team and they have a lot of players returning. They have, you know, um, you know, some transfers coming in. So that's something to look forward to. And then obviously you have a team like Texas Tech who who is who's extremely well coached. So um, overall, I think that this is an instance for the Cardinals to where you're going to find out early on just exactly what this team's made of. And it's a good test early on to kind of get a measuring stick of, uh, where things are at, what the team needs to work on, um, things of that nature. I'm trying to look a little bit ahead to, uh, see if we have more of a, of a schedule. I know that, uh, the schedule's kind of been, um, you know, revealing itself here and here out. Um, so we don't really have a, a lot to go on, but you would assume that um, you know, with Maryland coming up in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. That's a solid um, you know, contest, but this is a different type of solid. This is one of those, okay, you are going up against one of the best teams in the country. Let's see how you do. And I think that Arkansas is going to be a very, very uh, good test, but there is an opportunity to maybe catch them in a little bit of a vulnerable state. As Um, If you've listened to this show, you know that when we went through the coaching carousel and we talked about Eric Musselman, one of the things uh, that I really, really liked about the former head coach of Nevada and the current head coach in Fayetteville, Arkansas, is the fact that he does very, very well with new groups, Um, a lot of uh, pieces coming in and coming out every season. He does a good job of getting Incoming transfers and incoming freshmen to mesh very well and replacing a lot of productivity from the year prior. He did it at Nevada. He's doing it now at Arkansas. Um, now that can work a little bit, maybe to the Cardinals' favor. Yes, they do have some continuity on their roster. Arkansas, on the other hand, they're replacing a lot. Right? Um, they're replacing a, a good amount of their um, you know production from last season, and you're. you're implementing some highly ranked freshmen and, and some transfers. So um, uh, basically they have Devonte Davis coming back, but outside of that, almost all of their other contributors that contributed in substantial fashion last year, well, they've, They've moved on to the next level, or they've graduated, uh, and or both, Um, but that hasn't stopped Eric Musselman from completely rebuilding. They've got a trio of five-star freshmen, Nick Smith being the um, most notable one. He's going to be very, very good. You also have Anthony Black and Jordan Walsh. Uh, Ricky Council is transferring in from uh, Wichita State. Um, Jalen Graham transferring in from Arizona State, and then you have uh, two players from Rhode Island, uh, McKay and Makai Mitchell. So um, there's no doubt in my mind that the Arkansas Razorbacks are going to be competing for the ACC once again next season. Um, They're probably going to be a very, very tough out in Uh, March because they play very hard they play good defense they do very well at running in transition and a lot of times they're pretty good at shooting the ball from the perimeter at least that's kind of the MO for Eric Musselman's squads but um, it's going to be maybe an instance where sometimes with new groups it takes them a little bit of time to mesh so Um, maybe Louisville catches them in a period where they only have a couple of games under their belts as a, uh, as a collective unit and Louisville might catch them in the little, in in a little bit of a vulnerable state to where they're maybe not necessarily uh, firing on all cylinders as if they were, if you were playing them in, um, in let's say late January, whenever that big 12 uh, SEC challenge goes along. Um, But It's going to be a very, very tough test. And assuming that they get past, or even if they lose to the Arkansas Razorbacks, I mean, you're going up against a possible Creighton team. Creighton is very, very, very good this year. Do not let the name, um, you know, Creighton and the fact that they're not a power five school take away from the fact that they are going to be very, very good. They're bringing in a Baylor Shireman, uh, the reigning Summit League player of the year, uh, Greg McDermott. quite possibly has one of his best teams that he's ever had at Creighton, returning five of the top seven scorers that gave Kansas a big run for their money in the round of 32 last year. And then Texas Tech, yeah, they are losing some pieces, but they're very, very well coached. Um, I would expect this to be a team, you know, Texas Tech is able to kind of mask over a little bit of the talent deficiency because they're very solid defensively. So um, regardless, um, you know, you're looking at two a uh, very, very telling, but also very productive matchups right away for the Louisville Cardinals in the Maui Invitational, beginning with one of the best teams in the country, in Arkansas, and then outside of that, if you do win it, or if you do lose it, you're going to play possibly play a Creighton team that is veteran-led, they play very, very unselfishly, unselfishly, sorry, um, and they have a lot of veteran leadership, and then Texas Tech. And defensively, they're going to cause some fits, and Louisville's offense is going to be tested early on. So, um, a uh, very exciting for the uh, for the Cardinals to be in the Maui Invitational, and um, obviously, we will continue to talk about that a- as we get closer. Um, but. Kind of taking a little bit of a a different approach in the final segment, we're going to talk about John Rothstein's ACC offseason breakdown for collegehoopstoday.com, in which he projected the Cardinals to finish 14th out of 15th in the ACC this upcoming season. I'm going to tell you why, although that ranking may be justified, I don't think it's accurate. We're going to talk about that here in just um, a couple moments. If you are listening to this on certain streaming services, or if you're watching this on YouTube, you're not going to hear the audio implemented advertisements uh, that you will if you are on certain advertise. If you are on certain streaming services, if you do happen to hear those, um, just take us take a take a moment to relax and prepare for the final segment. But we'll be back here in just a second. And as always, thanks again for making Locked on the Louisville your first listen every day. Um, just a reminder, the show is free on all streaming services five days a week. Your team every single day. Um, moving right on along, as I mentioned, John Rothstein, uh, a prominent figure in um, uh, college basketball media, especially social media with his um, sayings, you know, uh, we, we we sleep in May and uh, things of that nature. Um yeah he's uh, very, very popular um, among the college basketball social media realm to where you know a lot of his sayings are being branded on t-shirts and things like that, but he's also very knowledgeable. that's kind of, that could also kind of get lost in, um, in sort of the social media uh, brand of things that he's creating for himself. Which is not a bad thing, but he's also very, very knowledgeable of the sport. Um, does a great job of analyzing the X's and O's, but you know is is very familiar with uh, a lot of the teams around the country. He released his ACC offseason breakdown that had the Cardinals 14th out of 15th, and that's one of those to where I was. I look i I think it's you can justify it, but I don't think. It is accurate, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, let's start out by talking why it can be justified. Um, number one, uh, you're coming from a team last year, the Louisville Cardinals, that were 13 and 19. Um, they were six and four in the conference, or I'm sorry, 16 and 14 in the conference. They finished 11th. Um, and it was two games out of last place. They were tied for 11th at 6-14 and 14 with Boston College and Pittsburgh. Georgia Tech was 5-15, and 15, NC State 4-16. and 16. Um, So you were two games out of being last place in the conference. Um, you lose some key guys. You lose Dre Davis, um, Noah Locke, Jared West, uh, Mason Faulkner, Malik Williams, all um, are no longer a part of the team. Matt Cross as well. So uh, you know some of those pieces, maybe it's it's a little bit of addition by subtraction in certain instances, but you still lose guys that produced for the team last season, and you didn't necessarily make a ton of um, additions. Um, yes, you bring in a guy like Brandon Huntley- Hatfield, who I am. Extremely high on, uh, but he's a guy that un- averaged under five points a game last season uh, for Tennessee. So you're banking on him making a huge jump, and then you add guys like Kamari Lands and Devin Ree, who um, you know are ranked inside of the top 100 in, in the in the 2022 recruiting class. Um, but are, both are kind of seen as guys that may take um, you know you know to into their second year to be substantial contributors, especially Devin Ray. It seems like Kamari Lance may be more of an instant impact player. So you have what nine scholarship players, maybe 10 currently at the moment. I think it's still nine. Uh, you added the uh, walk on Hersey Miller. I know that there is, um, you know, possible, you know, things with the NCAA that people are are having rumored to say that, you know, maybe, you know, planning for some scholarship reduction regardless um, the the state of the program is the fact that there are nine scholarship players. And even if you add a guy like Fabio Basilli, who is an unranked um, player in the 2023 class that may reclassify into 2022, um, it's regardless of how underrated he may be rumored to be, um, I don't think that he completely, I don't think his the addition of, of his talents onto the team would um, change Rothstein's prediction. Uh, if at all, uh, that that would leave you 10 scholarship players. I know you like to play with a rotation of eight and nine at the most, but when you only have nine scholarship players, you're really banking on a clean bill of health. Um, and it's a new head coach who's never been a head coach before. So you don't really have a ton, of, uh, ton to go off of X's and O's wise. So uh, combine um, a bad season last year with a new head coach, I can see why you would say fourteen out of fifteen. Like I, I I'm not mad at Rothstein for saying this. I, I just think it's not going to happen. I don't think they're going to end up fourteenth. I actually probably don't think that they end up as bad as they were last year. I think that they're probably, um, you know, I think that the goal should be to make the tournament. Uh, will they? Uh, well, that's yet to be seen. But I think that there there's a lot of talent on this team. Um, you know, because first of all, you think about it, you have L. Ellis and Sidney Curry. Coming back for another season, um, I think both those guys are going to take substantial leaps. You you have to factor in player development. It, you know, you can say what you want about X's and O's, but Danny Manning, Nolan Smith, um, and. Kenny Payne, in terms of the player development categories, they've all three kind of been rumored to be very, very solid in terms of that aspect of coaching. So um, you would have, especially with big men, so Sidney Curry and Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, who's looking to take the next step forward. Jalen Withers, there's a ton of talent there. It's about getting a him back onto the right track. So you have three guys there. Um, all are very athletic. They have their own different skill sets. And then you factor in a guy like L. Ellis, um, you have four really uh, solid standout players there. Um, you have somewhat of an unproven bench, and that's the main thing. Uh, also, you lose Sam Williamson. I, I forgot to mention that. Um, you have somewhat of an unproven bench, but there is talent. You know, J.J. Trainer, Roosevelt Wheeler, Mike James, all guys that are looking to prove themselves. Mike James coming off of a, an Achilles injury, so we will see how he's able to produce this season. Um, Roosevelt Wheeler and JJ Trainer, with uh, you know a, another year in the collegiate um, you know uh, weight room, uh, strength and conditioning uh, things of that nature um, in an off offseason with Kenny Payne and Danny Manning, you would have to assume that they could you know have some solid roles. And then Devin and Kamari Lands. I've continued to only hear great things about Kamari Lance. Uh, Devin Ree is yet to be seen. I think um, it might take him a little bit of time to really um, kind of uh, come about and come into his own. Um, John Rothstein had 15 impact freshmen. Kamari Lance made that list. Ten under the radar freshmen. Devin Ree was on that list. Um, Ten impact ACC transfers. Brandon Huntley Hatfield was on there. Um, so in 10 ACC breakout players, Louisville had Ellis on that list. So um, I think that the talent is there, and that's what I'm trying to get at, is I think that for Louisville to have as bad of a season as they had last year, you would have to essentially assume that very little player development happens. Um, they are as lost as they were last year on offense. They are as lost as they were last year on defense. None of the guys that um, come into the program are uh, very solid or you know, they have some issues with injuries and stuff like that. And I just don't think that all of those things are going to happen. Um, I look for L. Ellis and Sidney Curry to be the the top two scorers on this team. I, I really do think that they're going to have successful seasons. Um, you're gonna have guys like Kamari Lands really come in and, and surprise people. Jalen Withers is going to take that next step forward. And um, you know, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, I think, is going to be a very, very solid player as well. Um if you can get one of JJ Traynor and Roosevelt Wheeler and one of Devin Ree and Mike James to be a very uh, substantial contributor as well. It's going to be a team that doesn't uh, doesn't play a lot of guys, um, but yeah, they're going to be very conditioned. They're going to be you know playing very hard defense, good in transition, and um, I just think that overall this is going to be a team that, in my opinion, you know maybe maybe they don't make the tournament. Uh, maybe they, you know, go in the five hundred area because there are some variables. You know, you are banking on a lot of player development, but I do think that this is going to be a team that, if everything clicks, um, you know, who knows? Because there's a ton of talent, and I, I, regardless of what you think that their ceiling is, fourteen out of fifteen, um, I would just venture to say that it, that's not going to be the case. I, I think that they're going to be, um, you know, considerably higher than that. So, um, we'll continue to to talk preview a, as the season gets closer. Um, tomorrow's episode will be a little bit more about football, obviously with the season uh, just under a month away. Um, but Hey, that's going to wrap up this Wednesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. We will see you right back here tomorrow.